Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And we're efforting John McClain right now from gallerysports.com. We'll have him in a minute, but Jason and Maryland checked in on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I don't really have a top five of young quarterbacks, but... It appears C.J. Stroud might be a perfect match. However, the failure of these Ohio State quarterbacks is a real thing. So I don't know if he's a real man player. Out of that, I'm not a huge fan of any of these dudes. Next year, Caleb Williams is that dude. Fans calling for Aaron Rodgers need to pump the brake. It's not fantasy football. He's under contract. How much would that cost to get him for only a couple years? I think we're screwed. It's amazing. They decided to move on from Carr and put all their eggs in Tom Brady basket. This ain't going to end well, Jason in Maryland. And I'll say, that's the biggest holdup for me when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I definitely would be on board with him being the quarterback, but it's everything that Jason just said. He's under contract. How much would that cost to get him for only a couple years? That is the big holdup. He's not a free agent. A lot of people make it sound like, oh, it's just no problem. Just go out there and throw some money at him. That was the beautiful thing about Tom Brady, even though a lot of fans didn't want that either. That was a good thing about Brady. All he was going to do was cost money. It wasn't going to be draft capital as well. Rodgers will be capital, and who knows how much, and money. And like Jason said, only for a couple years max. So that's something to think about. So that's a really good text. I appreciate that. Uh, We also got another one from the 707. I just don't see Devontae Waller or Crosby being happy with the rookie quarterback getting the go. Or Jimmy G for that matter. It's the the route they chose. I expect all of those guys to want out of Vegas and not waste their careers. Rodgers cost too much as well. Lose-lose situation. It don't look good. So that's from the 707. And I don't know who they would want to play with or who they wouldn't want to play with. I don't believe that Devontae would be a big fan of playing with a rookie, but that's just me. Again, that's not something he said. That's just something that I believe. But thank you for those text messages. We do appreciate you joining us now on the phone lines from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 is our good friend John McClain. And, John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. Super Bowl 57 is in the books. The Chiefs win another one, 38-35 over the Eagles. What was your biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl on Sunday? Q, let me backtrack a minute. Were you talking about about the Raiders and a rookie quarterback and, and Devontae Adams? Yeah, yep, sure was. And, you know, something that made me think right away, you know, um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent, and he's been injured a lot, but he started his career with Josh McDaniels. He knows him very well, and I'm wondering, and I don't know, maybe – as you and DeMond do, it just kind of seems like a natural fit for him to go there because they've got, they've got what they need in place, assuming they can re-sign Josh Jacobs. And uh, even though Carr didn't fit with what McDaniels does, Jimmy G knows that system. And Garoppolo might help him compete for the playoffs. And because where they're drafting, you know, there, there might maybe Anthony Richardson would be available, but not one of the top three, and they'd have to trade up. So, what do you guys think about that? Is Garoppolo an option? I think Garoppolo's an option for sure. My biggest concern is what you said at the beginning about it. He's just been injured so much that, you know, what are you going to what are you going to get out of him without before he gets injured? Well, first of all, I would put a lot of clauses in there about bonuses based on games played. Mm-hmm. And if he, of course, he's going to try to get better than that. But if that's all that he's getting, I mean, he'll get reasonable money. But giving him a chance to make big money if he can stay healthy, that might be uh, um, 
something that he would be interested in, especially when you think about the receivers and the tight end that the Raiders had. Anyway, back to your question about the Super Bowl. I, I picked the wrong team by three. I thought the Eagles would win it. The Eagles' defense was the biggest disappointment of the game. They couldn't stop the Chiefs' running game. Chiefs outrushed the Eagles, who were averaging 200 yards rushing in the playoffs. They couldn't, their best pass rush since the Bears in the mid-'80s, couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. He had time to throw, and and, and the, the, the unsung heroes of the game were the Chiefs' offensive line. But to me, the star was not Patrick Mahomes. The star was Andy Reid with his schemes, his play calling, his play design. When you have Kadarius Toney, and Sky Moore having catches of one catch for five and one for four, and they are so wide open. Q, you could have – no, you might have dropped it. If the <laughs> could have caught those touchdown passes, that's not Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's, that's Andy Reid. Andy, of all the great games he's coached, I think that was the greatest. Can't say enough about his performance. And I wonder if the long halftime show um, – Featuring Rihanna gave them more time to change what they were doing uh, that allowed them to be so dominant in the second half in which Mahomes threw two touchdowns, both wide open, and one incompletion on throwaway and a 133 rating, and they scored on every series. So I I thought Andy Reid could have been the MVP, but Mahomes clearly is best player in the league, best quarterback. And Jalen Hurts, from Houston, he played great. One mistake, unfortunately, it was a touchdown on the first pass fumble, but they were still up by 10 points. And the Eagles became the second team in history to the Falcons to blow a double-digit lead at halftime. Those teams are now 2-26. and 26. So, uh, Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach with the Cardinals, I'm wondering at his introductory press conference how much many questions is he going to get about the awful performance of the Eagles' defense. Yeah, I thought that defense was going to be a big factor going into that game. And and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid, uh, they obviously schemed it up and they knew exactly what they were doing to make that not a, a very effective part of the team or part of the game as far as the Eagles and their defense goes. I did want to ask you real quick about Patrick Mahomes. We started out yesterday's show talking about the fact that he's so young, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time league MVP, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro first team. Like, this guy is young, John. He's only been a starter for five years. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's only been a starter for five years. The Raiders have to do their job to compete with him and the Chiefs, and that sounds like a real tall task moving forward for years to come. Yeah, when you got Justin Herbert with the Chargers, they've got their quarterback. The Raiders have to get their quarterback. doesn't matter who it is, but they have to do it. And they know it. And the Eagles showed you can take one in the second round. He's really good. Josh McDaniels. And, and they know, you know, as you can take one in the sixth round, he can become pretty good. And... um I thought people here are talking about Mahomes and, and comparing him with Brady. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. He's <laughs> got two more Super Bowl wins to catch Bradshaw and Montana. When he catches them, then we start talking about Brady. Right. He's great. He's the best player in the league. He's one of the all-time best. He's 27. The only one to win more Super Bowls at that age was Brady with one more. And so as long as Andy Reid is there, and it doesn't matter players come and go, 
It's amazing they trade Tyreek Hill. He throws for 5,200 yards and becomes the first quarterback in history to throw for 5,000. And uh, wins Super Bowl ring. He's the first quarterback who's the MVP and wins the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in 99. Yeah, he needs to renegotiate. What a great deal the Chiefs got yep. when they signed him. Was it a 10-year contract? 10-year deal, yeah, about $400 million. Yep. yep. And that's great, but, boy, he's underpaid. And <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, when he comes out of his deep sleep in total darkness and decides if he wants to accept $58.3 million this year, and, of course, he will. You don't need to go total darkness and silence to figure that out. But um, I think this, when he comes out, Patrick Mahomes needs a new contract, and it won't surprise me at all if Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, doesn't tear up that old deal and give him a new one. John McClain is our guest from gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demond. One of the aspects from the Super Bowl that I wanted to get your take on was not the controversial call on James Bradbury, but it's the controversy about the turf and the sodfather maybe letting down the NFL. Did you see the turf being an issue for maybe why the Eagles couldn't get their pass rush going? Uh, no, that would have been a cop-out because not everybody slipped. I heard this morning on NFL radio, I think it's Charlie Wise, said he count 12 slips. And, yes, it was an embarrassment to the NFL. They paid $800,000 to bring in that grass and have it installed with their experts. And it was an embarrassment. When a, when a player scores a touchdown and he slips and it inhibits his touchdown celebration, you know something's wrong. <laughs> and I think the league's got egg all over its face because of that turf. And as far as you brought up James Bradbury, DeMond, if they had told him, if, if you're going to let guys get away with stuff the whole game and let them play, that's great. And if you're not, that's okay, too. Just be consistent. And the DBs have been able to play that way, and all of a sudden they call it. It was not an egregious penalty. The ball was overthrown. I would love to have seen what Jalen Hurts could do with some time left on the clock. And that penalty didn't cost the Eagles, the game, you can't blow a 10-point lead at halftime and then whine about a uh, penalty that went against you, no matter how ticky-tacky it was. But I just, you, people are going to talk about that a lot. You don't want that. You don't want them talking about the turf. You don't want them talking about the officials. You want them talking about what a great game it was, magnificent game for Andy Reid, and a gutsy gallant performance by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' dominant offensive line, and we're talking about stuff like that. This is my sixth talk show <laughs> podcast today, and in every one of them, we're talking about the turf and we're talking about Bradbury, but it doesn't to me. The end of the game was kind of, it was dull. Chiefs were doing what they should do, following the ball, maneuver, so Buck could kick the field goal, but it's still one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. Something else I wanted to get your take on that we haven't talked to you since, the Hall of Fame class that was announced for 2023. With you being a Hall of Fame voter, what did you think of the class that got inducted? Well, I always think it's great. I'd like to ask you guys and your listener, a column I wrote that's on gallerysports.com, there's no paywall, in which I went to Chuck Howley, who has Alzheimer's, his house in Dallas next door to Roger Staubach. The family invited me because I presented him to the Seniors Committee and to our selection committee to be part of this, when Chuck, and we don't know if it registered because he's got Alzheimer's, 
when Roger Staubach, Bob Lilly, Leroy Jordan, Mel Renfro, Charlie Waters, and Cliff Harris came in his front door and started shaking his hand and pounding him on the back and the shoulders to tell him he was in the Pro Football of Fame 50 years after he retired. And that was one of the most incredible situations I've ever experienced. And it's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And that story is all over gallerysports.com. Yeah, we'll definitely check that out. I know my man DeMond is on it right now. And it's funny, speaking of Hall of Famers, John, one of my favorite moments from Radio Row last week was uh, actually, you know him too, Bill Coetzee uh, from East Texas, him and Kevin Simon. They interviewed uh, Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, and Earl Campbell all at the same time. All three were at their table at the same time. How great is that moment? So that's unbelievable. Bill's been at that station in Tyler for 30 years, goes to the Hall of Fame every year, of course. Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose from Tyler, Texas. That I'm sure that was quite an honor for him and anybody that got to interview those guys. And I like Radio Row better than anything. I haven't gone to the Hall of Fame last two years. I mean, to the uh, Super Bowl because I just got tired after 40 of fighting the crowds and everything. <laughs> but since it's there next next year, and you've invited me to stay with you for free and provide the meals and everything <laughs> and the transportation, I can tell you right now, I'm coming next year to Las Vegas. And uh, I also am coming to Las Vegas for the first round of the NCAA playoffs. I'll be there five days. And I want to, Devon, I want to meet you. And watch you watch Q pick up a tab for the first time. <laughs> and uh, I'm headed to Astro Spring Training, where I'll talk with you guys next week, then the Combine, then the league meetings in Scottsdale. So I'm traveling a lot for gallerysports.com, writing columns and doing videos. And I miss Radio Row more than the actual game. Wow, yeah. Radio Row is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, as DeMond learned this year. It's the first time he had an opportunity to go, and he really enjoyed himself. And he did see me pick up the bill a couple times when we were on Radio Row, so he knows what that looks like a little bit. But, uh, wow. We'll, we'll <laughs> DeMond, you witness history. <laughs> Of course, he's, he was making the big bucks out there. He didn't make the big bucks in Waco. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> That's, that is for sure. Well, John, hey, fantastic stuff. We're checking out your article right now, and I know you're doing a lot of traveling. We do appreciate you. We'll catch up with you next week, and uh, safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys very much as always. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com, putting out fantastic work right now on gallerysports.com. Of course, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He's putting out a lot of, doing a lot of radio hits, doing a lot of uh, audio for their website and everything, just doing all kinds of stuff. And Hall of Fame voter, Hall of Fame guy, uh, which is more important. And he will be out here sooner rather than later. And we'll definitely, DeMond, go ahead and mark it down. We're going to take him to Joe's. Him and his wife will be here. We're going to Joe's. That'll be my first time at Joe's, too. I'm excited. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Joe's will be a whole hell of a lot better than the Arrogant Butcher. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. The Arrogant Butcher was everything that Joe's is except for good, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the atmosphere was cool. That was cool. The food, nah, not so much. You know what's funny? I'll give one quick Arrogant Butcher story. There was like a line of NFL who's who that was going to a special back room. I wonder if they got the same food that we got. Because, you know, it was just Q said it, man. There's a lot of bangers walking through the here right now. Yeah, there was. I wonder if they were just as disappointed. I wish I had been in that back room just to pull out the phone and just start doing some interviews. Like, I mean, because really, there was no other reason for me to be at the Arrogant Butcher. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good.
The more I think about it, the more it soaks in, the more it wasn't good. <laughs> I'm going to Joe's. So when John McClain is here and his wife is here, we're all going to Joe's. I'll put that right there. We'll make sure that that happens. And I'm excited and fired up. And that's what it is. <laughs> Simple as that. 315 is the time. Many thanks to John McClain. We'll take some more of your calls and text 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword r I love the fact that John just jumped right in talking about quarterbacks for the silver and black. So that's what we've been doing as well. Been talking about rookie quarterbacks and potential rookie quarterbacks. How are you feeling about them? Let us know. It's Ray Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. DeMond's coming with hot takes. Hot takes in the commercial breaks by DeMond. Hey, that needs to be sponsored. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Hot takes. Wait, what was it? What is it? Hot takes during the commercial breaks, right? Yep. There it is. DeMond's hot takes during the commercial breaks. My exclusive thoughts. Elaine, Natalie, Ray, Erod. Who else is over there? Shauna. Shauna. Oh, she ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. I'm just saying. You just said who else is over there. Patty. <laughs> Patty's listening. Patty's listening. Who else? Robin. She ain't listening. Mm-hmm. Brian. Brian's listening. He's a TCU guy. You want to know a guy that's going to be a damn good player? I'll tell you this now. Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU, I'm telling you right now. Maybe the first wide receiver taken in the draft in April. He's going to be damn good. His skill set is he's a, he's a big play waiting to happen. Let's just put it like that. Big play waiting to happen. A guy who's a football player slash basketball player. So he plays above the rim. So if you want a guy that's going to go high point the ball, just saw him play in the national championship game. Of course, Georgia had their way in the national championship game. But you go back and look at what TCU did. And look at my guy, Quentin Johnston, the pride of Temple, Texas, went to Temple High School. That dude, that dude's a player. Number 25 in Dane Brugler's top 100 prospects. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like there's there's certain guys because I've covered them I know their 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 strengths and their weaknesses and that dude's a player. You put him into a, a NFL strength and conditioning program and put a little bit more weight on and keep that same speed. Dude's gonna be fantastic. You watch Quentin Johnson. I'm calling it right now. I don't know where he's gonna go. I don't know where he's gonna be drafted, but some team's gonna get a damn good wide receiver and they're gonna be very happy about that. 702-365-9200. We got Mick Akers from the RJ coming up at 3.30. G-Pay from right here in Vegas. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. I love your show. Raider fan, 45 years. Nice. So I, got some inside, I got some inside information what's going down. Oh, let's do it. All right. We're, we're going to be trading Jacobs up to Green Bay, uh, giving them a few draft picks. We're going to get Rodgers. Okay? And then we're going to be in the Super Bowl – the dream game is we're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys 38-35 last second field goal to break every Cowboys fan for the rest of their life, break their whole dream. We're going to shatter their dreams in Allegiant with Aaron Rodgers. I like it. I like it. Who wrote that script? <laughs> so there you go. Nice, nice. What, I would say where the inside information come from, but, I mean, that wouldn't be inside information if he told us. So there you go. That's that's G-Pay's thoughts right there. 38-35, a repeat score of this past year. And Aaron Rodgers is a repeat offender when it comes to beating the Cowboys and hurting their feelings. Now, he is. Cowboy fans to this day can't stand Aaron Rodgers because every time, especially when he steps foot into, into AT&T Stadium there in Dallas, he, 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 does some, he does some bad things to them, and they don't like it. Does he also own the Cowboys the same way he does the Bears? Pretty much. Pretty much. 
He did win his only Super Bowl there in Dallas. So there's that. Okay, G. Pay's calling a shot right there. Remember? Remember you heard it first. I had a couple people that hit me on the podcast a couple years ago and gave me some inside information. I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then, boom, it ended up being true. Alex Leatherwood, that was that was called. Hey, I know it. Matter of fact, that came from I play video games with a guy online, which I thought was silly. Turned to be true. Also told about the first game of the season. Oh, it's going to be Baltimore at home, Monday Night Football. I was like, okay. And it was. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting anything down. I'm not saying that, you know, it ain't it ain't gonna happen. G Pay calling the shot. I know one guy has been calling the shot for a while. Raider Mac, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, Demar? Hey, you know, um my 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 only thing is what we need to do right now is just to, you know, kick back and and, and see what we you know, look at all the, the it's a puzzle and fit the pieces in. But the first thing you know, I think a lot of Raider fans, are, the reality is that their car is gone now. And it, it's, it, it, it didn't hit nobody till, till today when, it, when it, it really happened. So my thing is right now, Q, I, I've been saying this, we, you, you cannot give up all those picks for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I know I want to win, too. I've been a Raider fan over 30-some years myself, and I, I don't want to continue losing. I just saw the Kansas City Chiefs win a Super Bowl. That, 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 that's just – I mean, I give them respect and Mahomes respect, but, man, we can't have this. We, we, we can't have this. You've got to – sooner or later you have to move up in this draft or do something. You cannot just stand pat, and you cannot give away all these draft picks for Aaron Rodgers. And then what? What what happened after that? And I'll, I'll get off cue. Last thing is that, you know what, um, Raider fans, yeah, I, I, so I see a lot of Raider fans on Twitter going, well, Derek Carr kind of dogged it. No, he did what was business-wise for him. Right. No, nobody, that you, you can't be mad at him. Mm-mm. Only thing I say about Derek Carr and his brother, stop. Stop trying to, you know, throw shade at us because remember we drafted you and gave you two contracts. It ain't like the he had. I don't want people thinking that we we drafted. He didn't get no money. He got money. He got money. He set for life, generational life. So I just want to say this, you know, best luck for um, best luck to him. And 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 we parted ways and it's over. Let's see what he do now that he's gone from the Raiders. So that's all I had, Q. Hey, good stuff, man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it. And you've been very, uh, as a matter of fact, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and not giving up the draft capital, and that's fine. And I know you've also been, as, uh, very, as a matter of fact, is go get Bryce Young. To do that, it's going to take draft capital. I don't know how much. I do know it's a lot. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll do the research in the commercial break, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly how much it costs to get up to number one. We've done it before here on the show, no problem. But, you know, the thing about it is, and I see Raider fans still fighting on – was he done dirty? Was he not done dirty? This, that, and the other. Look, in a divorce, mom's going to be okay and dad's going to be okay. In the divorce, the only ones who are never okay are the kids. And Raider Nation right now are the kids. Derek is fine. The Raiders organization is fine. The ones left fighting about the situation are the kids. Mick Akers is up next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Through the question out there, if you're looking at a rookie quarterback, who's at the top of your wish list? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or other? Again, I was taking a look at Dane Brugler's top 100 prospect list from The Athletic. Does a fantastic job breaking those things down. Jesse from Kentucky 
said he's a helpless Raider diehard. Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Said top quarterback wish list, C.J. Stroud, the only true number one quarterback in this class that is worth a high round number one pick, in my opinion. If he's there at five, you go up and get him, but no higher. Number two, Hendon Hooker, round three or four. That is it. No other quarterback is worth a flyer in this draft. Again, Jesse for Kentucky, a helpless Raider, diehard, laying down the law on that one. I like that. Great text, my man. I do appreciate you. Joining us now on the phone lines from the RJ is our good friend Mick Akers. And, Mick, thanks so much for your time, my man. It was great to catch up with you in Phoenix uh, as you were there for Super Bowl 57. And how did the rest of the trip go for you for Super Bowl 57, just kind of the sights and sounds that you were taking in while you were there? Yeah, man, it's you know it's pretty cool taking that uh, just going around the different areas. Obviously, it's pretty spread out. Just the game out in Glendale, you had all the activity downtown at the convention center, and then out in Scottsdale, they had the ESPN set and some other things going on with the waste management golf open. So you know a lot of people in town having a good time. So I just kind of popped around, in a few holes at the waste management, and then hopped back over. Uh, you know, so it ended up being a pretty cool weekend. You know, and you were there for the press conference where Phoenix officially passed the sticks on to Las Vegas to open up Super Bowl 58. I mean, we're on the clock right now. So what was that press conference like? I know Raiders president Sandra Douglas Morgan was in attendance as well. Yeah, you know, so they pretty much had the Arizona Super Bowl host committee, the Las Vegas Super Bowl host committee, and Roger Gale was there, and then uh, Governor Lombardo as well. They kind of just, you know, went over how Arizona thought they did hosting it this year, which was, you know, it looked like it's it pretty good from all angles when I was out there. Uh, and they kind of were like, here you go, we're going to hand this ball over to you. So they unveiled the first official uh, Super Bowl 58 football. It had the logo for the first time they were seen. So it kind of looked similar to the, the Phoenix logo just had, you know, the, the extra uh, digit on there and then the Las Vegas sign and uh, some buildings in the background. Uh, you know, pretty cool looking uh, logo, though. Uh, so they did that and then they were like, all right, now, Roger Goodell's like, now you're on the clock to Las Vegas. Obviously, less than a year before we have the Super Bowl here in uh, February 11th, 2024. So, you know, they're, they're just kind of doing the official handover saying, all right, this isn't Arizona's anymore. It's Las Vegas's now. What did you think, though, of the the ball? You think of the, you know, CBS is rolling out the advertisement year long, year strong. It's their broadcast, obviously. Uh, just the way that they're already, you know, really pumping it up. It feels like, Mick, even there on Radio Row, as, as we met up with you, it feels like there's already a big buzz for Vegas. Yeah, everyone I talked to, I uh, talked to Donovan McNabb, a couple other people out there, they're all like, yeah, you know, Vegas is known for doing things bigger and better, you know, so the Super Bowl shouldn't be any, anything different. That was the whole point of rolling out what they called the Super Bowl. Uh, just after that handover press conference outside of the convention center, there was a giant football in the back of a flatbed truck, uh, 13 feet long, 8 feet in diameter, and it weighs 1,200 pounds. Wow. has the Super Bowl logo and the Las Vegas uh, Super Bowl committee logo on there as well. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're kind of just saying, hey, this is the bigger – Better Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Here we go. And then that thing made its way back here to Las Vegas. So it's going to be un- unveiled at the stadium later today. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be the first appearance in Las Vegas of the Super Bowl. And, yes, CBS is already saying, hey, we're, we're going to do this uh, get-on-the-bus campaign, uh, kind of a year-long campaign showing, hey, we're going to go around, uh, kind of promote Super Bowl 58 Las Vegas, uh, kind of build up this giant anticipation into that big game. A lot of work to be done on all ends by NFL and local uh, leaders here. But, you know, everyone's kind of saying, hey, we're setting these expectations to be large and we're going to meet these ones. So let me ask you real quick, is that ball at Allegiant Stadium, is that going to be on display for like every average Joe or myself to drive by and check it out? 
I think today is just going to be like a press thing, but after okay. today, they haven't they haven't set up the the schedule yet, but it's going to be on display throughout the valley, you know, over the next year. So they're going to have it at X, Y, and Z. You can stop by and check it out. So you know, as soon as that comes out, I'm sure we'll have a story out on that. But you know, yes, it will be available at some point for pictures, pictures, and you know, fans to check it out. Nice, I like it. I like it a lot. Again, Mick Akers is our guest from the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man Demond's got one for you. We all enjoyed our experience at Radio Row or now What's It Q, the media center now <laughs> yep. down in Phoenix. Are there any preliminary talks on where that's going to be in Vegas next year? So the Super Bowl committee uh, from Vegas was out there meeting with, you know, all kinds of people from ESTN, CBS, NFL, and the Arizona committee, and they kind of looked at their footprint and what was going to be needed to host all these different sets because obviously CBS is going to be the broadcaster, but ESPN is always out there all week and they have specialty shows like NFL Live and Sports Center live from the stage. It's going to be wherever they put it here in Vegas. So, you know, there's a number of options still. I know the league and the Raiders um, have their own relationships with, you know, all the resorts up and down the strip from MGM resorts all the way down to Caesars Entertainment. And then, you know, there's always the downtown area, especially with the canopy of the Fremont Street experience. So, you know, obviously with Vegas, there's no shortage of locations to put this. I think they're just going to have to figure out what they need, what kind of space they're going to need, logistics and all that kind of thing, and then they'll figure it out. So, that, you know, that's going to be the next thing they do. I know that ESPN is going to be coming out here and doing some scouting trips over the next couple of months to get their stage area kind of figured out, and I'm sure NFL will be doing the same for all the experiences, Meteor Row and all that kind of thing. When it comes to the travel aspect of this, what are some of the things that the Las Vegas Super Bowl committee do you think could learn from Phoenix in your time being out there for Radio Row? Well, uh, you know, it's travel, obviously, they, they, they said, hey, there's going to be, there was more people in Las Vegas this past weekend just to watch it at resorts and sports books than they wore, than there were that went to the game in Arizona <laughs> to travel in. So, you know, that's going to be the same. That happens every year. It's going to be the same case next year as well. We're going to have a ton of people in town not just going to the game, but then you add in those extra people that will be going to the game. And, you know, it's just going to be a whole different monster as far as travel goes. I've already seen some hotel advertisements from Caesars, you know, they're starting out at 600 something dollars a night and going up to, I think it was $10,000 at Caesars. So, uh, you know, wow. those room rates are starting to trickle out a little bit and I'm sure we're going to see other people's advertise here pretty soon. Um, but it's going to be pretty similar to what we're seeing with the F1 and it's, you know, a really expensive weekend. They're both supposed to generate billion dollar weekends as far as revenue. So, you know, two major events coming up and, you know, everyone's just kind of salivating at what the, what the possibilities will be with those. That is massive revenue. I mean, just massive revenue that's going to be coming to the area with the Super Bowl. And you mentioned F1 as well. But uh, as far as people, because there's always a ton, as you mentioned, people come to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl regardless. There were so many that were here this past weekend. How many tourists, how many fans do you expect to come flood the area when it's time for the Super Bowl in 58? What they're telling me is, you know, it's, possible to have about 425 to 450,000 people when you combine, like I said, the 300,000 people that already come to town for watch parties and taking it in at resorts, and then you're going to add another 100-something thousand, you know, coming for the game, either if they're going to the game, they're working the game, um, you know, anything all all in with all that. So, you know, it's going to be 400-something thousand is what they're expecting, Uh, you know, kind of it's already the second biggest weekend next to New Year's Eve when you don't have the game here. So when you add the game here, it's going to you know, even surpass that. Wow. 
That's awesome. It really is. Mick Akers is our guest here from the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Do you think if this goes off and it's really it's done really well, which I expect it to be done really well, it'll be one of the cities that is thrown into the rotation like a Miami, a New Orleans, uh, you know, the places like that where they're, they're frequent, uh, you know, not visitors, but always frequently have the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, you know, NFL it will stop itself short of guaranteeing any, any of that. But, you know, listening to Gaudet say, hey, we've seen how you guys have held two Pro Bowls and the draft. You guys are, you obviously are tailor-made to hold these kinds of events. And, you know, they've all been massive uh, successes on all fronts. So, you know, definitely expect that. You see uh, Arizona even, they, that, that was their fourth Super Bowl out there. Uh, and then there's already, you know, chit-chat about maybe L.A. getting another one here soon. Uh, so, you know, I definitely think Las Vegas will find its way on that, you know, kind of revolving list of uh, Super Bowl sites. I'll say this. Arizona don't need to have four. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to be, you know, pissing in their Cheerios, but it's, it, is, it ain't that good. It's only Phoenix and Glendale, and it's spread out. I mean, Mick, help me out here. Is Arizona that good? What am I missing? I do like the area, but, you know, like you said, just how spread out everything was, was, you know, a little weird. You, you look at New Orleans, and that one's a lot more compact. You can compare that one to Vegas. Yeah, pretty much everything's going to be in the same area. So, you know, uh, just looking at the, their layout, you know, the, it did have some great setups. The, the convention center worked out well with the different levels and all that, with the press conferences, media center, and Radio Row. And then they had the experience right in there behind it. But then if you want to go to the game, you're going to have to travel 15 miles or so to Glendale. And then the Scottsdale, you know, that's where I think the main party zone was before people, because that's where some of the people were, were here for the Super Bowl and for waste management were kind of converging in the middle at that ESPN site. And there's some other restaurants around there, which was, I think, one of the cooler spots was out there is the Scottsdale area. So, you know, just having it so spread out, you know, it wasn't ideal. But I think, you know, they may do with what they had and then they kind of use it as a way to advertise each one of these areas, you know, saying, hey, come to Arizona, you can have some fun. We have different, you know, options, not just in one area. Something that I've got to ask you about, and I know Q doesn't want to hear about it, but the A's, Governor Lombardo, you talked to him on Monday, and he said, well, you wrote, it leaves the door open. So how open is that door for the A's? Close it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he, you know, he said that hey, these talks are still preliminary. We know we really haven't gotten the, the details and the nitty-gritty of what can be possible as far as public assistance, but he's already said he's not going to raise any tax for that. So, um, you know, it's obviously going to be some kind of uh, economic development kind of deals like, um, you know, tax abatements and such. So it, it potentially can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars, just depending on what it is. But, you know, he, he didn't close the door, and he seems very open to bringing new sports teams and big events to town. Uh, so, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to get that deal done. But, you know, obviously we haven't heard much as way details. We also have, you know, people on the Strip kind of still on their support. Uh, on the north end, we're about the Las Vegas Festival ground site, a bunch of casino owners met with the A's brass there. And um, they said, hey, you got a full support. Just If you guys can get this deal going, you know, we can start making some deals happen as far as, you know, teaming up with them and some of the deals you see the Raiders made with some of these resort companies. I'm sure those are going to be on the table as well if they come out here. So, uh, you know, still a lot of unknowns on all ends. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, to say if, if it's some kind of definite or 50-50 or whatever. It's just a lot going on, especially with Oakland still going on too. Well, tell them to uh, go on and give me a call and I'll give my two cents. I'll let them know exactly what I think about, about the whole situation. Well, Mick, we'll close out with this. Uh, is there any update yet on where the Pro Bowl is going to be next year? Is it also planning on being here in Allegiant? You know, um, last week during Goodell's press conference ahead of the Super Bowl, uh, I asked him, you know, how he thought it went. And, 
if there was a future for it here still. Um, he he kind of skirted around the future part, but he said, we're not going to go back to the old format. This flag football and new uh, skills challenges thing worked out pretty well. I think they're all happy with it. They saw over 50,000 people attend the game at Allegiant Stadium. So, you know, it was a lot of family fun there. So I, I think they're kind of taking taking that on because it, it kind of puts it promotes the flag football game, which they're trying to grow in the U.S. because you can involve boys and girls in that. So they're looking to grow that a lot. So when they see these players, you know, NFL top tier players playing the game they can play. They're, they're, you know, kind of making some kids more interested in getting into that. So, um, you know, I, I tried to get it out of him, but he wouldn't tell me. I tried a couple other times with some other people, still pretty tight lipped, but, you know, it's been done before having the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl in the same city. So, it would, like I said, Las Vegas having all kinds of hotel rooms, events, convention space, and all that thing, I think they can easily pull both of them off here and, and, and you know, consecutive weeks. That's what I'm talking about. We want it all, except for the A's. We want it all, except for the A's. But, uh, Mick, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, what do you got coming out, man, on the RJ that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, yeah, you mentioned the A story. I had come out today with Lombardo, just, you know, kind of trying to follow up on any, any angles on that, trying to get down to this final site out here in Vegas. Uh, you know, always looking ahead, trying to find out what's going on with this MLS thing. I'm sure some dominoes are going to fall if it's going to be the next thing here in Vegas or in San Diego. So that's the next thing I'm kind of be focusing on there. And, you know, always the traffic thing going on. So look out for my Road Warrior column every Monday uh, in the print and, you know, Sunday online. There it is right there. We'll make you do fantastic work, my man. I definitely appreciate you. It was great catching up with you in Phoenix, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes. Mick Akers from the RJ, at Mick Akers on Twitter. Does a great job, and, uh, yeah, it was cool. It's always cool to run into people on Radio Row, even though Mick is here in Vegas with us. Just to see him on Radio Row and to catch up with the rest of our, our media friends on Radio Row, that was a whole lot of fun. So uh, good stuff right there from Mick. Just kind of anticipation of Super Bowl 58 that is going to be massive, absolutely massive here in Las Vegas. Very fired up about that. 3.44 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to your calls and texts. What to do at the quarterback position. If you're looking at a rookie quarterback, who is at the top of your wish list? We got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or other. Holler at us. Let us know what you think. 69187, keyword R&R, or 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Just saw the funniest tweet, and it's good to see something on Twitter that's actually funny. This is from, gotta be careful when I say this because I don't want to be taken the wrong way. Foco. <laughs> Foco USA, at Foco USA on Twitter. And I don't have any idea how it got onto my timeline, except for I'm on TweetDeck and I have a column that just says Raiders, and so that's probably how it ended up. So I guess I answered my own question. Anyway, it says, Happy Valentine's Day, hashtag Marshawn Lynch, hashtag LV, hashtag Raiders. Hashtag Raider Nation and hashtag NFL. And it says, I'm just here to say you're fine. Instead, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here to say you're fine. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, that was, that was a good one. I was trying to think, like, how in the hell did they put Marshawn Lynch on a Valentine's card? But then I saw what it said, and I thought that was really cool. So there you go. Well done by them. Uh, Crazy Raider Rad 2.0 hit us up. I was talking about uh, the Derek Carr and Raiders split. And basically, it's like a divorce. And I said, mom will be fine. Dad will be fine. It's the kids that are left, you know, kind of holding the bag. And, you know, it's just, just how it is. Colt, the kids, you know, they don't want to see their parents break up. I mean, that's, that's just reality of it, right? I mean, it's just what it is. So the kids are the ones that are, are left hurting. And so right now I kind of compared it to Raider Nation, who's on Twitter fighting and beefing with each other about uh, whose fault it was, who did this, who did that, all that mess. Crazy Raider Rad said, nah, 
Mom and dad ain't always fine. <laughs> Dad's paying alimony and child support for another decade while mom lives in her house with her new boyfriend. Mom, smartest, mom started drinking and smoking like she's in high school again, and the kids are screwed up in the head. That's from Crazy Raider Rad 2.0. Well, there you go. Demond, I read that to Demond, and Demond's like, oh, that sounds like a man that's been to do some things. <laughs> a man with experience there. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not sending out a tweet like that if you don't know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, we've all had those angry... Child support, we have to pay this, that, and the other. And do you know what you're doing? We've all done that at least once or 100 times where we've said, the, and I quote, I don't know why I'm giving her child support. She's just going out to the club anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, I may have said that a couple times in my life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Why she calling it child support? It's more like club support. <laughs> I've got, you know what? I know. I know. I know. Let's go out to Nat and Henderson. He's up. What's on your mind, Nat? Welcome to the show. Hey, look, look, man, I'm laughing at what you just said. <laughs> that is too funny, dude. Hey, come on. Q, how you brothers doing today? Happy oh, Valentine's Day to all the ladies out there, man. So, so look, man, let me get right to the point here. I, I'm, I'm going to go to the chalkboard on this thing. Man. I like it. So, no rookie quarterbacks. Okay. Forget about these guys. Okay. Okay. I'm sticking with Stidham. I, I didn't know it was going to come out that way, but <laughs> I'm sticking with Stidham. But there's a caveat to this. First and foremost, they need to get Devontae on board, Jacobs on board, Waller, Renfro. They need to sit these guys down in a room and say, look, here's the plan. The plan is Stidham. We need everybody to wrap their heads around this and forget about waiting for OTAs, we need you guys to do some off-the-field stuff right now. Meet up, greet up, hang out, talk football, throw the ball around. I mean, this, you don't wait till preseason. You start working on this relationship right now because someone called, uh, I don't know, several calls ago. Just imagine this. Stidham could have won at least three more games being the second-string quarterback. So if he works on his, his effort now, his abilities right now, what could this guy look like when the season starts? So we take that money, we take, take that draft capital, we get the guys we might need, we use the money to get some maybe some free agents, and we just tell these guys, look, man, this is going to be the guy Let's everybody wrap their heads around this and let's get to work right now. That's my call, baby. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Nat and Henderson right there bringing the heat and get everybody on board. Sit them down. And, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming that there's been some kind of conversations on what they believe the plan is. Like, this is the approach. Like Josh Jacobs told us at the Pro Bowl, I know the three quarterbacks that they're looking at. I mean, he said that. He volunteered that. We didn't, we didn't ask how many quarterbacks they're looking at. He said, I know the three quarterbacks they're looking at. And he said that uh, the quarterback position would determine if he wants to return or not. That would play a role. He also said at the Super Bowl, Radio Row, that you know he would take less money. He might play on the franchise tag if the quarterback position was right and the team was being built up. He said, hey, if you're building the team up and I got to take a little bit of a pay cut, that's one thing. But if you ain't building a team to win – then I ain't taking no pay cut. Why would I? Right? And, and not in those exact words, but that's what he meant. And I, I'm him. Like, if you're not going to field a team that has an opportunity to win, pay me everything I'm worth and then some. 
I want to break the bank because what else are we doing here? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is the only answer? I know he said the three that they're looking at, but maybe those other two aren't aren't favorable to him either because Jimmy G to me, like you said, hey, he's not – if it's like, hey, guys, we're bringing in Jimmy G. If I'm Josh Jacobs, that's not the hot dog. Let's get to work. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't th- – and I, I hate to speak for those guys because I can't. Yeah. But to me, Jimmy G doesn't do anything for me. I know what people are going to tell me. He's a winner. He's been to the Super Bowl. Yada, yada. I get it. But to me, he just doesn't do anything for me. But maybe maybe they see something that I don't see, and that's all that matters, right? If those guys are happy with them, great. So be it. And, you know, John McClain said, well, he knows Josh McDaniel's system, but how long ago did he play in that system? It's not like he's fresh out of the system like a Mac Jones is. I mean, he's, it's been a while, man. He's been in San Fran for a while. Remember, he was Brady's backup for a long time until they made that trade. So I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not 100% sold. He might end up being the quarterback. He might go in there and light it up, and we're on this station talking about, woo, go, Jimmy, go. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know how it goes, dog. We could be all the way one way, and then all of a sudden it's right in front of our face, and we're like, well, hell, I was wrong. The only time that that's a problem is when you don't admit that, oh, I was wrong. That's it. Just like last year when I said there's, or the year before when I said there's no way they're going to go on a four-game winning streak and make the playoffs. I had no problem being wrong, and when we had players on, what did I tell them? I was wrong. As long as you got the stones to admit it and not try to like backpedal and, and, and run away from being wrong, there ain't no problem with being wrong. Let's go out to the phone line. Again, Raider 27, you're up next. What's on your mind? I've been on kind of a hiatus, I guess. It's like my mama told me, if I didn't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> one of those kind of things. You know, but... I've been I've been involved in listening to your show and I've been listening, reading everything and you know me I'm always involved. Yep. But here's the thing with me. Rodgers is going to cost a lot. Yep. A lot. Players uh draft picks and you know the truth of it is he doesn't have a great record in the playoffs. One and two I don't think he and McDaniels would get along. I think there would be problems from the first day. My thought after watching the Super Bowl is, and I'm old school, I've always believed in a pocket pass or stand back there and deliver the ball, but I think you need a quarterback that can make plays on his own. I think the defensive players have become so fast and the defensive schemes have become so effective that you have to have a quarterback that can make a play on his own um, when everything breaks down. So here's my suggestion. Keep Stenham, sign him to a two-year deal, draft Anthony Richardson, and give him a year or may even two to develop. Jalen Hurts got pulled out of the national championship game when he was with Alabama because he was having trouble accurately throwing the football in the first half. Mm-hmm. Tua comes in, starts throwing dimes, Alabama pulls that game out. Hertz goes on to Oklahoma, starts to work on his passing, ends up in Philadelphia, and he wasn't a great passer when he started in Philadelphia. He just worked his butt off. Yep. And then all of a sudden you see him in the Super Bowl yesterday. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I thought that Jalen Hurts should have been one of the only losing team most valuable players in the Super Bowl that I've ever seen. Because that guy played a magnificent game. His passes were on the money, and when everything broke down, he took off, and then they even had plays where he could run. 
Mm-hmm. So a, a player like Anthony Richardson, who's big, strong, um, according to all accounts you read, uh, very high character, hard worker, gets out, just wants to do nothing but get better and better and better. And plus he runs, he's like, what, 6'4", 230, runs a 4'4", 40? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you can just develop him and, and – McDaniel's not ruining. Um, I think you'd be fine. And can I say one more thing real quick? Go for it. Um, the one thing I don't like about Coach McDaniels is something that John Madden believed in and said often. And he said, people who are elite at anything, playing football, basketball, artists, singers, you, they're, very, they're creative people. You have to let them be themselves or they're not going to be elite. So you teach them what they need to do during the week, and then when Sunday comes, you put them out on the field and you let them go be elite. You let them be creative. You let them play. You let them do what they do best out there on the field on Sunday. And I think the problem with Daniels is that he tries to micromanage everything so much that he, the players don't feel creative and they don't feel like they have the ability to just go out and create. And I think that I think that's a problem that he's going to have to change. I like the idea of them getting Scott Turner because maybe he's going to let Scott call the plays and bring in a little bit of a new passing offense. But I don't. I think he and Aaron Rodgers would that. I don't. I just don't think that would work. And plus, you'd have to give up so much, and then every year you got to go through. Well, what's Aaron going to do in the off season? He's going to quit. He's going to. You just never know. I think you're better off going with Stidham. He knows the system. He played well. And that last Kansas City game, you know, Kansas City beat a lot of teams like that. I mean, I don't hold that against Stidham. So that's what I would do. I would keep give Stidham two years, draft Anthony Richardson, and give him a year and play him maybe like a year and a half later, and you've always got Stidham to back up on if he's not quite ready yet. All right, good stuff. Oh, man, I appreciate the call. We're running out of time in this hour, but thanks so much. Great, great detail on that call, Raider 27. 358 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Gilbert Manzano, SI Now, new job that he has. He'll talk about it, talk about the Super Bowl and more next on Raider Nation Radio 920.